Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest. And I'm Brian Dunkelman. And this is the Kodak Theater in Hollywood, home of the Academy Awards and possibly the most televised theater in the world. Three months from now, live on this very stage, an as-yet-unknown talent will be launched into superstardom. We don't know who that is yet. Right now, they could be parking cars or even waiting on tables. Who knows? What we do know is by the end of the summer, that person's life will change forever. Because you at home decide who will become the next American Idol. American Idol. Iconic words. We already have our iconic phrase answer. But he didn't say this is American Idol. Oh, he doesn't, does he? No. Wow. As I mentioned to you earlier, I really wanted the intro clip to just be like 10 minutes of him just repeating this is American Idol. This is American Idol. This is American Idol. (laughs) And I googled everything and I couldn't find it to the point where about an hour before we started recording, I considered making my own. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that Ryan ran through all the different ways he could emphasize each word? So So he was like, this is, or what about this is American Idol. This this is is American American. (laughs) Idol. (laughs) I think that he must have. And also it was funny to see how people, because a lot of people, especially like um, articles that have talked about the show and, and its origin, there are some that use that phrase as like their headline. And it's fun to see how people, whether it be like cl- video clips or whatnot, um, emphasize it themselves in writing. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you get a, this period is American Idol period. Other people did a capital this dash right. M dash. Is, you it could was do italics too. You could do like yeah. little squigglies. There's so much you can do. So much a bold love a bold guys you obviously know what we're talking about because we've said the name (laughs) a million times at this point but let's get into our introductions hello everyone and welcome to tv watch repeat a podcast brought to you by the dip we are two tv lovers who are set to revisit some of the most iconic memorable cringeworthy and kate's favorite tv pilots of all time i am allison and i'm joined by the dip co-founder and ceo kate hi kate and american idol expert kate and American Idol it's, expert. It's, it's not. It's not like the basically the only concerts I've ever been to in my life were American Idol live concerts. <laughs> You're saying they were. I'm saying that and two John Mayer concerts are the only concerts I've ever been to in my life. <laughs> 
Um, guys, today we're talking about the 2002 pilot of American Idol. It is, well, we watched it on YouTube, and I would say if you are going to revisit it, I would watch it on YouTube too because they take all the commercials out. Oh, it's a great so, watch. An hour, four minutes. It mm-hmm. goes down real easy, other mm-hmm. than the fact that, like, my secondhand embarrassment is <laughs> like, I almost like I needed to take like a clonopin. I was getting so anxious watching this um, through the roof. And that's why I've never been an American Idol fan. But before we get into all of it, and we will get into all of it, there will be clips galore, I am sure. We are going to shout out some sources that we'll reference throughout the episode. I have got from Screen Rant in 2020, 10 behind the scene facts you didn't know about the show, ABC News in 2016, five little known facts about the show, LA Times uh, in a uh, question mark year, couldn't find the year on this one, 10 seasons worth of fun facts, LA Times in 2002 when Simon became the guy everyone loved to hate, from 2006 in Rolling Stone, Idol Worship, and from 2019 in GQ, former American Idol co-host Brian Dunkelman opens up about everything. Oh, Brian Dunkelman, you know what I got to say? I loved him. 10,000 went through that painful ordeal. Now, by the end of this show, the judges will have narrowed the field to 100. And on tomorrow night's show, the number shrinks to 30. And then these kids' impressionable lives are in your hands, America. Be gentle. Well, there there is quite a story behind him. And I think, you know, we can start by talking about the history of it if we want to get into it. And then we can really yeah. talk about the meat and potatoes of the whole thing, oh. which is the show itself. Is it weird yeah. that I said meat and potatoes? I think a little I said, weird. I said, <laughs> it's just not how I would, not the words I would use for American Idol, but sure. I had a meeting this morning where I, I told somebody that I would love the 411 about something. And I'm like, Jesus no, you did it. to my 55 years old. That's what happens, Kate, when you watch a 2002 show. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I, I, I was trying to find the words for like, you know, oh, it would be great if you ran, and like, gave me a rundown. Come up with. And all I could come up, up with is it'd be great if you gave me the 411. <laughs> just I mean, did they acknowledge it? No, I or acknowledged it before they could. Okay, I immediately was like, I sound like I'm like ancient right now saying that. So, um, so I didn't just leave it on the table. And, and otherwise, right. I feel like I would have been in my head for the whole rest of the conversation. The whole and, day. And I the would not day. have been able to get out of it. All right. So uh, rewind. Uh, By the time American Idol debuted in 2002, it wasn't entirely a novel concept. After all, anyone who tuned into MTV in the late 90s was already obsessed with Making the Band, the series that gave us O-Town and Danity Kane. Were you a Making the Band fan, Allison? I wasn't. Oh my gosh. So anyone who did watch Walk Making the Band, you definitely, I'm, I'm going to put a memory back into you and talk about cringe. O-Town's performance at, I believe it was either Miss America or Miss Universe of Liquid Dreams. Oh boy. It's perhaps one of the worst live performances I have ever seen anywhere. I, I actually, I, I kind of want you, you to watch that after this, Allison. I okay. think that you would appreciate it. It is it is not just like a ooh, that's a few bum notes here and there. It is just oh no, awful. It's awful. It is it is one of the worst things. Anyway, so that's a little a little aside there. But, you know, while those series followed in the footsteps of, you know, the Spice Girls and the Backstreet Boys, one man who was the former Spice Girls manager and S Club 7 mastermind, Simon Fuller, had a thought. Why not find one single superstar with the aid of this new thing called the Internet? 
rather than try to retrofit several personalities into one single band. Why not let all of us then also decide the winner? So I love that seven uh, S club seven is somehow attached to this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, everything in this, it's all interconnected. It is really, you know, all these bands that all had frosted tips and very shiny clothing. You had a frosted tip. You are, it's like Kevin Bacon relation. (laughs) The six (laughs) degrees of frosted tips. (laughs) Because they were six tips after they they, uh, (laughs) spiked up. Them. There often were not enough tips. I will there say were not, never there were some tips. people that had very few tips and it, it was not a great look. People were skeptical that an internet show could take off, especially because, you know, the internet was actually didn't arrive to idol until 2010. Like you couldn't vote for, from the internet until then. It was all so phone. Way back in 20, 2002, someone had this German idea and this was rejected all across the UK, but Simon Fuller stuck with the idea, eventually finding a viable partner in Nigel Lithgow, who was a producer behind Pop Stars, a New Zealand and Australian hit that was brought to the UK. So after all of this, Pop Idol, a series in which hopefuls would compete for a record deal and voted by the public to win, was born. Uh, as was and you a- know, Nigel is also behind So You Think You Can Dance. Of course. Yeah. So with interesting- that's where I invested my time. So Nigel, when he was uh, when he was on um, pop stars in the UK, he was occupying the mean person uh, role. Oh, interesting. So where like he felt like he had to actually like inhabit that, like he knew that this was going to that that was an element that worked for this type of show, even though he himself is not a mean person. So he played the part. And then he has said, you know, obviously the uh, Nigel that we saw in So You Think You Dance is actually the more genuine more version him. of him where he actually is very sweet um, and, and he's critical. He's, he's, he's able to criticize, but he's also very nice. Right. Not, not, not the Simon uh, that we know. Yes, exactly. Simon Powell that we know. Too and, many and Simons. Is that a, many, British, yes, it's a, a British name? It's very British. But, you know, yeah. speaking of Simon, you know, he was basically the first star of Pop Idol. And he was so good with insults, he recalls his first from the young age of three when he told oh. his mother that she looked like a poodle when she was getting ready to go out. So a little bit about Simon Cowell, and he was a troubled teen who once pulled a toy gun on a bus driver, and he started his career in the mailroom at EMI Records before working his way up with an in-house label and a successful record with girlfriend at the time, uh, Sunita. And that got him $1.5 million, but that success was short-lived with uh, Simon selling the label and then losing all his money in the late 80s, forcing him to move back in with his parents. He eventually re- returned to music by working with A&R on a series of albums centered around the Teletubbies and the Power Rangers, oh. an inspired idea that netted him money, but also a press nickname, the Antichrist of the music business. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, he signed Westlife at RCA. Uh, he turned down an offer to host pop stars, and then he teamed up with Simon Fuller and Nigel Lithgow on an idea to bring the recording process to life on Pop Idol. So the first season was a hit. Simon was dubbed Mr. Nasty in a country that enjoyed watching mean people on TV like The Weakest Links and Robinson. She started oh, this yeah. trend, and this was piggybacking on top of it. Yeah. Uh, Simon then directed his attention to the U.S. in 2002, pitching an Americanized version of the hit. And everyone said no, except for Fox, thanks to the fact that Rupert Murdoch's daughter was a huge fan of Pop Idol. Yeah, which also, I mean and this is total, my total ignorance is I started going down a rabbit hole then of the Murdoch family. And I had no idea they were Australian. Yeah. Like totally missed all of that. So I not only I'm learning, like I'm learning a lot on this episode, (laughs) uh, but the one thing I'll say too, is 
the way they talk about pop idol in this pilot is you would think that they it's their cash cow we just landed on the thing that's going to bring us into decades and decades from now kind of like american idol it lasted two seasons this show was created in the uk and it is hoped that the eventual u.s winner will be as successful as the british pop idol who went on to make over a million dollars and have two number one hit records within three months of his victory well it was huge in the uk at the time and yeah the two people who i've never heard of right but they were on the charts like they actually succeeded over there and i mean it was like it was a you know, short burn. It was, it came out, it was, it was huge. And then it, you know, it was overshadowed by, I think what was happening in the U S. So oh, that's interesting. Uh, wow. But so yeah, production began on the series. The call is coming from inside the house. You're saying <laughs> the official title of American Idol season one is American Idol, the search for a superstar. Initially, they wanted to get four judges for the series following in the footsteps of pop idol. And like pop idol, they'd hope to get two music executives with Simon and Randy Jackson, a star with Paula Abdul and a music insider. In American Idol's case, that last person was a DJ named Stryker. But in the 11th hour, Stryker backed out, thinking that the cheesiness of the show would hurt his image. So he's almost like the proto Brian Dunkelman and missing out his opportunity for a bunch of money. He ended oh, up working with Ellen. Ellen. Line. Okay. So. I was going to say, <laughs> as you're talking about that, I'm like, wait, I know a DJ named Stryker. Which is also interesting because Ellen also was a judge on American Idol. So yeah. again, it's the six degrees of, you know. Of the spiked hair. Six yes, degrees of you. spiked hair. <laughs> So then they needed a couple of hosts and Brian Dunkelman had made the decision to not host anything anymore, having just appeared on Friends and seeing acting as his trajectory. So he is in the episode where Chandler gets uh, an engagement ring. So if you ever want to go back and check that out, you can see Brian Dunkelman. Excuse me, sir. Could you come with me, please? You have a phone call. (laughs) Who is it? It is your office. Do you know who in my office? John. Oh, John. Great. (laughs) But a producer who was involved with Brian's sitcom and development liked him for Idol and asked him to try out for it. So he auditioned three times in two days, with one of those auditions being alongside Ryan Seacrest. Then they were cast and they were working the next day. So as Brian said, we were just thrust together like, hey, you guys have never met. Go make chemistry. But Brian was concerned with the way the talent was handled. So Simon Cowell, you know, had obviously become this Mr. Mean. He was, you know, he had gotten death threats for the way that he would act towards people. Uh, He said that I wouldn't do the show without security. I've spent a fortune on my teeth and I intend to keep them. Such a British thing to say. (laughs) But like, actually, you know, let's put that meanness aside for a second. Talk about the actual contestants themselves that we meet in, in, season one. Uh, So we had more than 10,000 singers auditioned in cities across the U.S., including Los Angeles, Seattle, Chicago, New York, Atlanta, Dallas, and Miami. And one of them- And we fly through those cities in this first episode. One audition episode. That's all you get in the first season. And guess who we didn't get to see? uh Uh-huh. And that's the 19-year-old named Kelly Clarkson, who seemed straight from the heartland, but unbeknownst to many people, she had already tried her hand in Hollywood. She had received offers from Jive and Interscope and turned them down before being forced to move back home to Texas when her apartment burned down. So she auditioned for Idol, but later said on Jimmy Fallon that she didn't even realize it was for a TV show. She thought she was just auditioning for some producers. So, but as you mentioned, we never actually see her audition. I thought I missed it. I skimmed the whole episode twice to try to find it. 
Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing that I always, I always like to talk about too, is like, nobody really thought that Kelly would win. And, and you have a bunch of like super revisionist history. So like, if you read, uh, you know, some interviews with like producers from Idol, they're like, well, we knew that this was going to be a hit show as soon as we saw Kelly, but like, this is not built as Kelly's season at all. She's not, she's, she's not in the the first episode. She's not in the second episode. She's not in the third episode. Like she doesn't. So in Hollywood week, you see little glimpses of her. You don't actually see her ever singing. She's not in the first group of contestants performing for the semifinals. So you, we don't see her until the semifinals. And as any watcher of idol knows the idea that somebody could win without ever seeing their storyline is actually so crazy that she became as big as she did. But like, you know, it, it wasn't even until like they aired her victory that we even saw her her audition. And, you know, Justin Greeny and T- Tamira were really the two that were being propped up as the potential winner. So she almost slid through and then really impressed everybody in the finals and just blew everybody away completely. But this was never a show that was actually built for her. I, I mean, I genuinely felt like I was being gaslit by this YouTube video. And I was thinking like, oh, I'm, there must be just like an audition to the point where I was like on the American Idol wikia, like their their personal wiki. And I'm like, what episode did she first appear in? Because I, w- I was like, I must have missed it. And then I'm like looking up her outfit because oh God. <laughs> the jeans, the jean dress. She made it herself. And you know what, though? Here's the crazy thing. And we'll play the her audition. Don't need diamond rings or 18 karat gold. Fancy cars that go very fast. You know, they never last. No, no. What you need is a big, strong hand to lift you to your higher ground. Oh. <laughs> She sounds like the thing about her is she has such a personality yeah. from the, that it is weird that they didn't even show it because like I know it's a great audition with Ryan and B Dunks is like so good. Yeah. Um, before she even walks into the room and then well, and her audition she, itself is great too. And she sits down at the judges table. Like she has fun with them. Like she like kind of has this rapport she with has them. A star. She's a star. And they don't show it because they think they, they, they weren't anticipating her being a star and instead they were focused on so many other people that like in their eyes you know looked with the part and I want to talk about that in a second but let's let's talk about like also Justin Guarini gives me the creeps yeah I know well he's sideshow Bob that's why we always have to call him (laughs) but uh no but like actually no I I do I do want to start talking because like you know I've got a bunch of details here about whatever but like so what's what's fascinating about this first season is that it was so focused on people that need to look like a pop look star. Like a star. And there was already conversation, you know, early on, there were a couple contestants. One was Karma Johnson and one was uh, Jaquette, oh. where it was brought up about like, you know, you have a beautiful voice, but like you don't really look the part. Simon, what do you think? It's a difficult one, this actually, because I think that when I see the words American Idol, I think there is an image, unfair as it may be. And I do believe that. I would strongly suggest that you 
work on your overall look and style? I disagree with both of them. I think that there's many stars that look many different ways and many shapes and sizes. And I always say, it's whatever's the star in you. And right now, the star in you is your voice. I think she should definitely come to Hollywood. Come up, see you in Hollywood. Congratulations. And it isn't until episode two where those people are actually cut because they don't look the part. And, you know, in season two of Idol, they, you know, that it, it, they get their revenge in some ways and people like Kimberly Locke, Ruben Studdard, Clay Aiken, the top three of season two are people that do not look like your average, you know, pop idol. And some of the, you know, and Clay Aiken went on to have an extraordinarily successful career. But in this first season, they're looking for a certain set of people. And what I find fascinating is that the talent, with the exception of a few like Tamira and Kelly, is pretty rough. Like, Yes. Even the, from the very first clip when they're like, you know, we show the good and the bad, the good, the good person was, good. was not good. And it would be showed today as like, oh, like some people don't quite cut it. Right. So, <laughs> so very strange that like, if you can go up there and warble genie in a bottle, yes. you like you look like you're wearing the right clothes, then that's enough to get you through. I'd love to talk about Jennifer who's saying genie in a bottle. <laughs> you wanna be with me and make your wish come true. Um, Jennifer, 16 going on 47. (laughs) This gave me such rock of love vibes Yeah, because the ages made no sense. So I found it shocking in research to learn that the age restriction was, uh, so it it was at this point 16 to 24. Mm -hmm. Now it's 15 to 28, Mm -hmm. which shocks me. Like, why is there a cap on it? Well, you and Simon would agree because Simon eventually said I that one of the reasons for American Idol. Yeah, neither can I. My time is over. But, you know, he, and I, was, when I turned 28, I actually was like, I was like, oh, I, this is my last year. But uh, but Simon actually had said that he one of the reasons he left was because he didn't understand why there was an age restriction. So he liked the X factor better because he said, how yeah. can you say you can't be a star because of your age? And I found the word idol obnoxious, to be honest with you. Why isn't a 35 year old as great as an 18 year old? It's gotten to the point where it's not real, which totally. is why I moved on. So he had that. Well, at least he put his foot well. down there. He had to draw yeah. a line. <laughs> after, after making majillions and majillions yeah. of dollars. And yeah. But, but th- so, yeah. So it gave me the rock of love vibes because when we watch rock of love and these women who hand to God, I would have put in their mid fifties show up and are like, I'm 21. And they have like the purple eyeshadow yeah. to like their <laughs> eyebrows. And like, and you're just like, Ooh, <laughs> a lot of ge- a lot of denim, denim and not denim form, like so much denim and not a pant right all around. And, and Jennifer was one of them. And it was brutal. I, 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 I kind of want to like talk about something that's going to make me sound ancient. And I know I already have sounded ancient several times in this conversation, but like the one thing I do really love about this era is like, this is the pre Instagram era. Yeah. And so people that are coming in that have a certain sense of style or not style, like it is a form of their self-expression, right? Like now <sighs> there is sort of, and it's, it's interesting because at this point, it is, they're also looking for somebody who looks a certain way. Right. So it's a kind of anti what I'm saying in some way, but like right now, everybody is chasing the same image. Like there really is very little, you know, like 
aesthetic identity that doesn't already fit into what Instagram has deemed algorithmically, you know, the, the premier Pleasing. way to, to yeah. look. Yeah. And, and, and instead, like, you don't, you wouldn't have somebody these days that walks in with a t-shirt and, you know, is an amazing singer because that's what they do. They don't focus on dressing themselves. Like there, there's more of a need these days actually to be a full package in some capacity, but mm-hmm. that full package is actually not your own artistry. And instead you're chasing something else. And it, and you can claim that like back in this day, like you were still chasing what you see in magazines and when you yeah. see paparazzi photos, absolutely. But there still was a little bit more of like a, this is me thing versus like, this is what I know you want me to be, which I did feel like have, is what we have today. Well, did you have a favorite, this is me moment? Uh, for me, it was the woman with the black and white. And I mean, again, this is a, not an audio or this is an audio platform, not a visual medium. There was a woman in a black and white crop top, like uh, skin tight shirt that somehow like full midriff, so much midriff, uh, so many belly button rings uh, that went down to her thigh and then wrapped around her thigh very early on in the, in the episode. Are you talking about Ryan Starr? Is that a woman? Well, yeah. So I think they called her Tiffany something in this. She changed her name and gave herself a stage name in between. But she is the one who kind of dressed like Christina Aguilera dirty era. Yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. Yeah. So, I mean, I actually think that she she was actually known in that season for having an aesthetic. Like that was like she would, and it was a little bit of like a ripoff of Christina, like yeah. definitely. But like, you know, there were, I remember at the time people were like, oh my God, she should put out a clothing line. And right now she oh. actually has a lifestyle brand. She she has oh. like a few tens of thousands of followers on Instagram. Um, and she, her Instagram is very pretty and very much not that style anymore. Instead, she's more like the Instagram aesthetic now. Mm-hmm. But, um, but she was seen as like, oh, she has like an interesting look and she's like doing something interesting and she has a POV with what she's doing. So, uh, so I think she actually lived up to that a little bit and, and I don't know. Also, we just need to like, this is 2002. Like no one was making yes. good nobody, choices. Nobody's making really good choices, but like self-expression to me felt a little bit more natural back, back then and, and related to oneself versus like, I see this on Instagram, so I have to copy it. And like, if the Kardashians aren't wearing it, then I'm not wearing it either, you know? Yeah. I'd also love to just quickly touch down on how they were not investing in Brian Dunkelman from the jump. Yeah, I think he had like a t-shirt on, (laughs) but their hair was so high. Like they had such like, they had like bouffants, him and Ryan Seacrest. And I'm going to say it. I think I enjoyed B-Dunks more than I enjoyed Ryan Seacrest in this pilot. Well, they, one thing that Brian talked about is that he, you know, he is a comedian by trade and he kept yeah. on trying to get them to incorporate some of his jokes. And, uh, instead he kept on getting fed producer written jokes and he was just like, I can't yeah. deliver this in a way that I actually find it genuine. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of like, when we look at Brian Dunkelman and, uh, you know, and he and him leaving, we're just sort of like, you know, what what was he thinking? But at the same time, I mean, I don't know that it was necessarily like they weren't begging him to come back, you mm-hmm. know, him and Ryan didn't really get along. And he said he couldn't handle the pressure. Uh, and, but like, I get where he's coming from because yeah. like, this was just not his medium and he was doing things that he like Ryan can deliver cheesy jokes because Ryan can't write good jokes. Right. right. So like anything a producer gives him, he's like, sure. Yeah, I'll deliver that. No problem. But, um, 
but like, you know, Brian couldn't do it as well. But uh, I mean, but still like either way though, the funny, the funny, the funniest person in this is Simon. Simon, I, you, 100%. you gotta, and he actually wasn't me oh, minus the body comments, which were just disgusting. Um, he wasn't as mean as I remember, like when he's like, that was incredible horrible or whatever he says <laughs> you know like um when he does that and I was like yeah that I mean he's not wrong sometimes you know what I'm gonna say it we have to gotta get our dream shot down yeah and these, these some of these people needed it they needed to hear it my question I, okay the you're such that I, an insider though yes you're such an insider how much of this is planted of, like of what, in what people. way? Oh, the bad, the bad people. people. So, I mean, most oh. of it. I, I, I'm, okay. So I even, I, I couldn't find this fact when I was researching it today, but it's in my, it's in the, the file cabinet in my brain. So I and feel like you're, it's true. You are the spec. <laughs> so you have so, but all I, of this. I believe that when they were doing some of these early auditions, they were just going into malls and pulling random people in. Okay. So I don't know that because like nobody knew what this was, right? Like they had like a call to action on the radios and all that kind right. of stuff. But like at the same time, like nobody knew what American Idol was. Nobody knew who Pop Idol was here. So they needed some bad people. And so I think that they had like, hey, do you want to like come in and be on a TV show and sing for us? So okay. and and I think that that's some of that might continue as we go on. But I think even as you watch Idol now, a lot of the bad performances that they show are people that are playing a part and they know that they can get on TV. And so with the exception of the first few, like I think the first season, it was like random people. Yeah. And then I think the second season, you probably did have some people that are like, I am so good and I'm going to show people how good I am. And they really just were not. And then as the seasons go on and people yeah. gain a little more self-awareness because they try to put themselves on social media and they understand that's not working. Uh, you know, you have more people that are just trying to game the system. and Mary... And Gilbo, Mary G U I L B A U X. Excuse you know me? her? Mary no. Roach? Mary Roach from season four. Your name is Mary Roach. However, if I do make it to Hollywood, I'm going to change my last name to Gilbo because it has more star quality. Mary Gilbo. That's right. G U I L B E A U X. What do you do? Well, I plan on going to cosmetology school at the end of the month. Unless I make it to Hollywood, then I'm going to cancel my plans because I would much rather have a singing career than a hairstyling career, even though I very much love hair, makeup, and fashion as well. And why are you here? I'm here because I want to be the next American Idol, and I want to make it to Hollywood, and it's been my all-time dream for a long time to become a big, famous singer and performer. And this is just one way to do it if I make it. I did not watch American Idol growing up, really. I did watch some of the seasons, but season four, Mary Roach, you know her. She wanted to go to cosmetology school oh. at the end of the month unless she made it to Hollywood. Yes, and then yes, I'm going to yes. cancel my plans because I would much rather have a singing career than a hairstyling career, even though I very much love hair, makeup, and fashion as well. My friends in college, we found this for some reason just like on YouTube, and we memorized it. <laughs> and she sings uh, Carol King, I Feel the Earth Move. And she's she is incredible. And when I found out that she's actually a comedian and not a real person, I was devastated. <laughs> um, because she's just, she goes like, I'm here because I want to be the next American Idol and I want to make it to Hollywood. And it'll be my all-time dream for a long time to become the most famous singer and a performer. And this is just one way I'll do it if I make it. And I was like, I memorized every word to her entire intro. She was in, she was a talk about an idol. But, but I think you can tell like, with those though. Like I can tell when somebody's come oh, in and they're, and they're like rehearsed. Yeah. 
She had um, a hundred percent, but she's still incredible. And I don't even care that she's fake. Some of them though. I mean, I literally, I don't even know. I just go, why didn't Steven stop singing? I don't even know who Steven is. <laughs> well, my favorite line was from, from Simon in this one, when somebody came up and they started auditioning with American Pie. Long, long time ago. Totally blanked. A long, long time ago. Ironically, the next line is, I can still remember. I can still remember. And it's just, he, he's so good at delivery. He's so funny. And even like in yeah. the, because I kept watching the third episode, the, the first semifinals, like he has like banter back and forth with Brian and, and, and Ryan. And, you know, just says to them like. And finally, America's sweetheart, UK record executive, Simon Cowell. Hello. Hi. Now he's dying to judge us. Go ahead. How are we doing so far, Simon? Yeah, it's a nice outfit. Oh, good one. Are you doing Star Trek? <laughs> I figured wearing the same thing each episode was hip, right? Why don't you save it for when it's your turn, okay, buddy? Each of the contestants. He doesn't, he's not scripted. Like, he's not scripted. And, like, he's just very, very good at this. And he is, besides Kelly Clarkson, he is the biggest star to come out of this show. Sure. And, unfortunately, his shtick just became very dated. But the, one more thing I want to talk about with this, uh, with this premiere is like oh, one thing I have a lot of things I'd still like to talk about <laughs> one thing that um becomes very 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 common as idol goes on is the idol sob story and basically yes! that being used to carry a contestant the deaf through. parents so yeah, Jim Vararos with uh the deaf parents is is the first person to be given that Vararos explains how his wish is that his deaf parents could hear him sing okay. what's your name my name is Jim Vararos how old are you I'm 19 and it says something here about your parents. What's that? Um, actually, um, both my parents are deaf. Um, I've wow. grown up being fluent in sign language. Um, it's kind of sad, though, because since I've been a singer for so long, my parents will never be able to hear me sing. Yeah. He gets so much screen time, not only in this episode, but especially in Hollywood Week. And then um, in the third episode, because he's in the first week of semifinals, he performs, and he's just not that good. Like, he's right. actually not that good. And as a viewer, it's almost, it was almost shocking, right? Because when you're watching this, you feel like you're like, okay, this guy is going to win. Like, I love him so much. Like, everyone is cheering for him. Like, people are obsessed with him. And then, and then you hear him and you're like, oh, yeah, I don't think yeah. that he should, he should win this. And His then, audition was like two lines of a song. Yeah, it's very, very short. But uh, but then like as seasons go on, there's definitely people that get a little bit more frustrated when some people are carried on a little bit more, where at least in this because. season, the judges are pretty honest and upfront being like, this is not going to like, you're not good and you shouldn't win. I think he even says some, Simon says something to, to, to um, Jim later the season that said, if you win, we will have failed, uh, mm. which is harsh, but it, it, it was true. Like if he won over, you know, Kelly, Tamira or Justin, even it would be like, that would not be that would not make sense. No. Um, yeah, I have a lot I would still like to discuss. Okay, please but keep going. Just some, they're just like random things. But <laughs> again, back to the age thing, there was one moment where Paula was like, how old are you? And she's like 17. I don't, I didn't write down the woman's, the the girl's name at the time. And Paula's like, oh God. And she covers, covers. Randy and Simon's eyes. And, and Randy goes, Oh, come on. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, the hypersexualization of young girls was. And uh, also how they kept mispronouncing Tamika's name. That wouldn't go over well. Yeah, we're telling go you the truth and you don't want to hear it. Go there. Thank you very much. Thank you. Y'all got problems. Y'all got major issues. 
British judge that's on the end, he's an ass, and he can kiss mine. He can go kiss my natural-born black ass for all I care, because he don't know diddly squat. Wow, did Tamika just say that about Simon? It's Tamika. All right, well, wait until you hear what Tamika has to say about our other judges right after the break. Tamika. I did try to find a lot of people because, look, you give me a first and last name, you're going to be hard-pressed to find me not Googling. Oh, yeah. What did you find? Well, I found one woman's just dead. Yes. She died Nikki, last year. Nikki Mary, McKibben. I, who? Mary. Nikki McKibben. Not the one I found. Oh, were you, you were researching people from the actual. I thought we were talking about the top 10. No, just the people I was, they because they gave me first and last names on the show. I can't right, not right, Google right. every single one of them. <laughs> and so it was kind of like a little depressing because you're just like, oh. And then it was like another person. And you're like, oh, man, like, it's really dark. This is dark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I guess you're saying that somebody, one of the actual contestants. Yes, Nikki McKibben, she was the third place winner and she had a son and they played that out too. And everybody thought it would, anyway, I'm not going to get into the details of the Wait, is she the one that br- idol. brought him, uh, she brought On him stage. Yeah. Yes, yes. And everybody said, said that was her manipulating the votes because at that point she had outlasted Tamira Gray and everybody was really upset about it. It was like a Jennifer Hudson type moment when Tamira Gray got um, eliminated, so uh but yeah but who would you say is the most successful American Idol I mean that's the one thing I'll say I like how like the voice actually has talented people on it we don't have to sit through like the bad auditions but I can't name one voice winner or tell you what they've done and American Idol I will say actually works i mean well it did it 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 did for a little bit i mean it's still yeah some people break through like gabby barrett is a recent person that actually is doing really well so um so it does actually produce some stars still not as much as it used to but that's also watching it uh yes i am and that's because the way that the way that everything has evolved has become more of a focus on existing celebrity and we know Mm. existing ip is very important to everybody so in the way that the show used to be first of all longer uh and it also used to focus more on the on the contestants so you would learn a lot about Mm -hmm. them and so you would have this affinity for them and so by the time their season's done, they are the, they themselves are already celebrities. They, we already feel like we know their lives and we're invested in them. And so then we are more likely to invest in them as a, right. when they embark on their career. But now, I mean, even see it now, like, look, Simon, Randy and Paula of the three of them, we kind of knew who Paula Abdul was, right? Like we, like we knew her as a, as a singer, I mean, but she wasn't even the biggest star in the world. It was like that she had Mariah Carey at that point there. I knew, Eventually, I, we I've do bring only, on America. I've only known her from American Idol. That's the thing is like my generation is we know Paula Abdul from American Idol. Oh, and plus all the other things they show in the beginning of the season. Because <laughs> you know it from that. But like the 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 show ends up then trying to follow in the footsteps of The Voice. Like in the same year that The Voice comes out, that's when they bring in like Jennifer Lopez and Steven Tyler mm-hmm. and everything. And then eventually they keep on you know, doubling down on that. And then also the main acts that come out of the, of idols that are successful are country acts, which is interesting because in this first season, not a country voice to be heard, but, um, but that it's more tied to the American heartland, uh, and this, and this more niche, uh, uh, 
one my category where people can um, find success. And so eventually it just doesn't really become, we haven't found another Kelly Clarkson, uh, even though people that have gotten turned down from Idol have become big, like the Tori Kellys of the world. Tori Kelly, um, Amber Riley from Glee, for all the Glee out right. there. We <laughs> talked about that in the episode. But I do want to like, let's talk a little bit also about, uh, you know, the way that the show worked in season one. Well, so contestants, and this is still true to this day, like contestants are told that they have a theme and then they get a CD with about 50 songs included. And they have to choose one of those 50 songs thanks to the legal ramifications because they often don't have legal rights and they have much more now than they did back then. So, you know, uh, it was very much looked down upon. So it wasn't easy to get rights. Uh, So if two people pick the same song, it's decided by a drawing who gets to sing that song. Uh, and contestants have to do three rehearsals on the day they were supposed to perform, which is why eventually, like by the time we get to the end of season one, Kelly can barely actually sing. There are some some weeks where she just like you could tell that she's straining so hard, mm-hmm. but she's still kicking ass. But and then she you know finishes her song and talks to Ryan and can barely talk. It's wild. Right. Uh, so Kelly told the Hollywood Reporter, "On our season, we were like kids in camp. Nobody knew what to do. The show was changing every day. They did one season of Pop Idol in the UK, but America is a very different market." They dropped us off in a mall and said, find some clothes to wear on national television. I am maybe the closest to white trash you can get. What do I buy? White pants, I guess. I definitely look like a cocktail wait- waitress. <laughs> and her, her style is like a little bit. Eh. Uh, and, yeah. and she just said she didn't even know it was going to be a hit. She told, uh, she said on Kevin Hart's podcast, I mean, we didn't think it was going to come, anything was going to come out of anything. Like we were the first season American Idol. So we were there for that paycheck that you get and to pay some bills. Um, but oh. she ended up winning. She won with 58% of the vote and a moment like this set a record for the biggest leap to number one on the top hot 100 beating the Beatles. 38 years. <laughs> and then 38 years. And she swoops in with a moment like this, which is what's so funny is like, I didn't realize that like that was her song. Yeah. <laughs> like for some reason, I've always just assumed that was like a cover. Yeah, well, she they had two songs that they, they did that and Before Your Love. And like yes. Before Your Love was tailored more towards Justin. This was tailored more towards her. Um, I remember liking Justin's version of a moment like this better, interestingly. But then I rewatched them recently and I'm like, no, she definitely did it better. Uh, and then after that came the contractual obligations like World Idol, which I also watched and she did not win. Uh, oh. A 9-11 commemorative event that drew controversy because people said they were trying to market American Idol. And so she actually didn't even want to do it, but mm. she was forced to do it. And then, of course, from Justin to Kelly. Uh, so Kelly told Andy Cohen on Watch What Happens Live, Justin wanted to do it and I didn't want to do it. And sometimes I think I have no business doing it. I thought this is not a dream of mine. It's a dream of someone else's, Justin's as a matter of fact. So let him do it. So she ultimately wasn't able to get out of it as much as she tried to get out of it. But she did convince Simon Fuller to let her release Miss Independent before the movie was released. And she said if that had not happened, she doesn't, she does, don't, doesn't think she would have had a career today like she thought her, her career would have died along with the movie I mean I don't blame her for thinking that we I mean that said that movie is fantastic so I don't understand what the problem is <laughs> look that movie is fantastic but like not for the right reasons but we've <laughs> talked about this so 
I mean, it's legendary. It is, it is perfect. We all been able to enjoy it since it came out. I was the only one in the theater when it came out, but I mean, I I just rented it like (laughs) because of how did this get made? And I re-listened to that episode. Um, and if you don't know about that podcast, the title says it all when we're talking about this movie, how did this get made? I will say Justin, Justin is very good in it. Justin is very good. He, he is putting his most into it. He really is. He's trying very hard and I think he does an excellent job. Okay. Well, we're going to play some clips that (laughs) that prove otherwise. Um, I, I mean, to, I, I, I paid for it. So, I mean, I am part of the problem. Ah, we're part I'm of making the solution. them think. <laughs> we're part of the solution. So it still took years for Kelly and the other Idol alums to gain acceptance in an unfriendly music industry. Kelly said, I was the first winner and every artist in the world reigned on that parade. Everyone was like, that's a crap show. And now everyone is performing on it and wants to be a part of it. Because of course it became a huge hit, but I actually would always credit you know, Lady Gaga for being one of the first reasons why this became a little bit more mainstream in the music industry. Because if you watch the early seasons, you know, they had theme weeks every weeks, every week, and they would bring in, you know, artists to be able to help guest judge and everything. And in the first few years, it it was like Burt Bacharach. It was Paul Anka. It was like people that I had never heard of because I was too young for it. It was like very, very old people. Right. And uh, and that, cause that was the only people they were like, sure. Yeah, fine. I'll come on for this easy day. And I don't, I don't care about my image, but nobody who was currently popular would touch it with a 10 foot pole. And then you had Gaga who was a fan of it herself and said, yeah, we all watch the show. I'm going to go on and I'm going to be a guest judge. And that was a huge thing that she was yeah. able to lend legitimacy to it. Although everyone always forgets. And one of my favorite guest judges was Quentin Tarantino. Who oh, came God. on as a guest judge in season three? Yeah. Diana, you pulled off the song, but so what? All right. I mean, it is, you know, it's like it's, it couldn't be a song that we could be more sick of hearing. And you pulled off the notes and stuff, but I don't care. All right. It's like I felt there was glass between me and you. And he was oh. very good. And he was very point. Like he was, you could tell he was a fan of the show. I mean, you know, Quentin Tarantino is like fan of all pop culture. He loves everything on TV. He loves anything camp. He loves all that stuff. Oh, I didn't and know so, this about him actually. Yeah. I mean, all his movies are all based around like TV and his love for uh, You're for not everything. wrong. It makes sense now. But, um, but so he was, you know, a judge in season three, very, very smart, very generous with his thoughts and time and energy towards the, singers it was a it was a good watch and we always forget that uh so the idol backlash though you know we, this we saw everything r- rise like it started getting huge ratings everybody started to love it but then the backlash really started in 2007 when simon's cruelty started to lose its luster and paula started to act strangely leaving people mm. wondering about her state of mind people would always say like is she you know drinking is she on you know drugs what is the deal because she'd be slurring her words and she credits you know just um fatigue and everything as as the reason for her behavior uh so 
in the meantime, though, things were still developing on the show. You know, Iola contestants before weren't allowed to play instruments until that season in season seven. So then what ended up happening there is also is that led to the dominance of the white boy with guitars, which basically dominated every season for many, many, many seasons. Unless you were a white boy with a guitar, you absolutely could not win American Idol. Uh, and then in season eight, a fourth judge was added. Cara Diaguardi. Yes. Uh, and then in season nine, Paula Abdul eventually, eventually left and Ellen DeGeneres took over. Ellen has since called it one of her worst decisions. Uh, maybe she would actually change that now after the past yeah. year. <laughs> and it was that was a walk in the park for her then. <laughs> and season nine was uh, one of the most derided seasons uh, for fans. Um, Paula said the reason that she left is I felt like there were changes happening and I didn't feel like the same show. I needed to go back and do things I wanted to do. And being in that contract with that show didn't allow me to do many things. And then after nine seasons, after that last hated season, Simon Cowell decided to bow out too. Randy stuck around, but then we brought in Jennifer Lopez and Steven Tyler. And then, like I mentioned, it started mirroring the voice. And then we had another judge rotation in season 12 with Mariah Carey, Nicki Minaj, Keith Urban. Uh, and then, you know, eventually yet another after it was canceled in 2015, it came back to 2017 to ABC. So that's a very Remember abbreviated Remember when we thought history. like 2015, we're like, wow, like end of an era, they pulled out all the stops. Although, although that last episode in 2015, so they brought back Brian Dunkelman. Yep. They like definitely made it seem like this big goodbye. But Did then, he say for now? Yes. Then it yeah. closes with him saying, and like something like goodbye. This, this is, yeah, goodbye. Or this is the end of American Idol. And then it goes to black. And then you just hear him say for now. Yeah. Oh, I think you and I, I covered goosebumps. that together. I honestly <laughs> just got goosebumps too. I think you and I covered that together because I was not an American Idol fan. And for you, it's like you could do it with your eyes closed. Yeah. And so like, I, I remember that moment us like covering it and it was, it was, I mean, I love that kind of a reveal, even if I'm not invested in the show, I'm, I'm such a cheap, like a cheap viewer. I'm like, Oh, a black screen and a voiceover. But I do remember that. Um, and then, yeah, I came back on ABC like two years later. It was like yep. barely, I, I waited longer for season three of succession. I think. <laughs> Yeah, we've had like more American Idol revivals than we've had Spider-Mans and that's saying something. <laughs> you And you know, you would know. <laughs> but then I have some remaining fun facts. I mean, yes. the, the problem is, is like, this is almost a show with so much history that like I am almost giving less history here than I, than I could and less behind right. the scenes stuff. But um, you have to rein yourself in because I you know. could talk about this for hours. Oh my God, I could talk about it forever. I keep talking about the live shows forever. And I was the only one who oh. saw those. I, that, those got really sad after a while. I actually stopped going to them. I want to say after, after season, season 10 or season 11, maybe, no, probably season 12, um, you know, they went from being in like gigantic stadiums, mm -hmm. uh, you know, where like it would be completely full and sold out to, uh, I believe like the last one I went to was like in a room in a casino <gasps> and it, no. was, it was really upsetting. I, <gasps> I just felt so bad. And like, in talk a about room? secondhand embarrassment, like it was really rough. You're so. like, Oh, painful. Did you ever wait to meet some of the people? I did. I was able to get backstage in season eight, which was awesome oh, because that was, was a job perk. Uh, it was a job perk. I was at EW at the time. And so, and my mom was a big fan too. So it was like kind of a little surprise for her to go back oh, behind the fun. scenes, but it was Adam Lambert's season and he was the only one who didn't show up to say hello to people. 
Oh, that sucks. I know. I know. But I got to meet Chris Allen and, you know, a few other people from that season who were great. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I'm always, I always watch it, but I, I can't, I can't go to the lives anymore. I just, I just, no. I feel, I, and I'm like, I'm a little too old now. Like if I'd have to bring a child with me to make it make sense. Run to child. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So some fun facts, uh, you know, on the Mariah Carey season, some of the behind the scenes drama there, Mariah claimed that Nikki threatened her with a weapon, but Nikki simply claimed that Mariah was being a diva and producers actually backed up Nikki. So the two of them, I mean, fireworks. And it was like, explosive. it was not, it was not fun. And, and I think yeah. maybe today it would be a little more fun for people. but like as a as a purist idol fan when you have like when the judges stuff distracts from the actual you know yeah give me that look you give me no I'm not not. (laughs) it's just like the passion is so funny because like you you I know you like you Kate scripts out she puts so much like like time and hard work into it I feel like Kate's been doing this since 2002 and it's just luckily we've recorded this this version of it (laughs) I know I know I know but like you know I I can't get into the heart of the things that I really want to talk about here because I know too high level like if we did did like if we did like a season by season podcast for American Idol my god I could dig in but nobody wants that except for me are you going to continue watching (laughs) I yes yes I will yes okay yeah and Um, where are you watching just in case the fans want to watch with you well, so, I mean, that's the thing is the problem is, is now I'm like watching too many things, but I'm, I'm still yeah. finishing Rock of Love, but I'm on, I'm on episode three of this one. Too much one. early aughts. It's too much. It makes Not me feel safe. good. It's a salve. It's a salve. I mean, you know, it's just like, you're going like, to come love. with like the craziest hairstyle one time we <laughs> sign on to the Zoom and you're going to be like, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> It's gonna be uh, Kelly Clarkson. So, do you know that there are cursed idol songs? No, but I appreciate that. What are they? So, uh, there are certain songs that when people sing them, they tend to go home, and oh. that is "I Want to Dance with Somebody," uh, "If I Ain't Got You," and "Feeling Good." Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Uh, so Justin Guarini and Kelly Clarkson actually did. I'm surprised at last isn't on there. I'm sorry to cut you off. Well, I don't think people went home. People did. So they're, they're, they're like the most performed songs. You're right. I think like Edwin McCain's album. Oh God. But like, oh my God, they sing that all the goddamn time time. on that show. That must've been one of the few, the few songs they had rights to that like was somewhat current. So everybody sang it and it was just, doesn't oh say much about Edwin, but same thing with, I want to be dance with somebody. Anytime I was like, Oh my God, not the song again. God damn it. And I have nothing. That also is another one that people perform constantly. That yeah. Like I've had enough. Um, so yeah, Justin, Justin Gorini and Kelly Clarkson did actually date, but not during the run of the show. But, and I think it was a very brief dating period, uh, in season two, 120,000 votes out of 24 million separated Clay Aiken and Ruben Studdard. Wow. It was the clo- it was so exciting. That was such an exciting season. That was just so exciting. <laughs> to my regret. Uh, I actually co- watched that season. It's such and a I good think one. I voted for Ruben. So oh, I'm on the right side a, history there. I was a claymate. Get out <laughs> of here. <laughs> I mean, I was like 17 years claymate. old. Like he was like that nice boy, you know. I mean, I, I loved them both. I will say I loved them both. It was the hardest decision to make to try to 
you know, choose one or the other, but I did, mm-hmm. I was partial. I was partial to clay. Um, uh, Baba Tamara Gray co-wrote Fantasia's winning song, I believe from her season. And I'm disappointed that Tamara Gray isn't doing more today. Like she was actually, she's yeah. such a talent. She was on Boston, uh, not Boston legal. What's the other one? Boston public, uh, oh. for a few episodes. So she had like a bunch of work that she was doing in the, you know, two thousands, but, um, but now it just seems to kind of be like laying low and not, not doing quite as much. And also left out of the, the American Idol season one Coke bottle <laughs> that I for recently found on eBay shame. for a dollar fifty. Again, I told Kate this, but you know that person that's selling that was like, I'm gonna hold on to this bottle and it's gonna be worth millions one day. And then now they're selling it on eBay for a dollar fifty. <laughs> it's like my my Jean Benet beanie baby. Uh more people voted in season five for the winner than at the time. Uh the most don't say the votes. election. Yes. Oh no. For no the for a single single candidate in the election. That's crazy still. though. Yeah. Um, after American Idol, there was American Juniors. I don't know if you remember that. I do. That was a very short-lived Ryan Seacrest hosted show that, uh, made you realize that it's not as good as American Idol because children can't sing. No. You <laughs> need to like, stop what? putting kids on a pedestal. It's like a bunch of like theater kids and, and like young, you know, like the Vanessa worst Byer. kinds of kids. Vanessa Byer has that character that she does on weekend update where she's like a, like a theater kid. And yes. it's just like, that's exactly what all these children were. Um, uh, there was a time when Simon Cowell was known as the most famous British person on earth, even surpassing wow. the queen, the queen and some idol couples that have come out of the show, uh, oh. Gabby Barrett and Cade Foner, Cade Foner. I don't know how to say his name, even though I watched the season, but I couldn't stand him. So, uh, Maddie Poppy and Caleb Lee Hutchinson. And are these finally, all recent people? The first two are. And then the last one, uh, Diana DeGarmo and Ace Young, who were on yes. two different seasons. But they actually, and then he proposed on um, Idol I know. with like, basically it was like, will you marry me with this Neil, Neil Lane ring that I bought that is lovely. It was like, it honestly is a little embarrassing. But I wish it was a Neil Young ring. We have conquered Broadway together. We have created all your new music together. We have an amazing group of people around us. And uh, with the help of David Webb Jewelry, I have a way to make this fun last forever. You ready? I love you to death. You're my best friend. I want to make this last forever and I will do anything in my power to have the most imaginable and amazing life together. If you will have me, Diana Nicole DeGarmo, will you marry me? They seem very, very happy and I'm very happy for yeah. them. I saw them in, uh, well, and now they're like Broadway people. I saw, I, I'm trying to think if I saw them I don't think, I don't know if I've seen them in the same show, but he was, I saw him in, um, what's that one, uh, hair. Mm. And then I saw her in hairspray. So keeping it, keeping it, just putting that together actually. (laughs) Well, I find it strange that more couples actually haven't come out of idol because like they used to live together and like they would actually show behind the scenes stuff of them, like in a house together, which I'm 
sad that they don't do that anymore. Like, again, everything is on the judges now. All, everything is about the stars that are judging it. And I hate it so much because like, it's just fun to see these people like get along in real life and what they yeah. have to do. You know, the, the parts that aren't scripted, I think are the ones that are the most interesting. Right. Uh, but yeah, only the only fact that we only have like a handful of couples out of it is, is fascinating to me. You know, it's not too late though. What season are we on? Like s- what season are they on? I think it's like, we're getting close to 20 at this point. We are on, oh no, season 20 starts February 27th, 2022. Well, wow. I can't wait. I'm glad. I, I'm still going to hang on to the show. I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to dip my toes back into it. I just have a tough time with singing competitions, but, uh, yeah, I, I but do the thing that was appreciate really so fun the about legacy it, it's created. The, the, the thing that is, that I was like, I miss that they do, they don't do theme weeks as much anymore because there was something mm-hmm. kind of funny to like like the the country guy like the marine who like fought in the war now has to sing disco <laughs> it's just so he's like I'm, gloria gainer not that i'm looking to humiliate people by any means but like no but we love a fish out of water situation yes and and when they're able to really nail it and you're just like wow i would not have thought that you could do this and they do it and that that's what you stick around for those moments when you're like i am just so impressed that you're able to, to like diversify yourself and change your style up and still, and still create something great. And that's what like that, it started to become more about artistry, you know, Mm -hmm. around season seven too, but, but, um, well, that's what always like frustrates me sometimes with these shows is like the people who like, there was such a trend in like, I call it creepy singing where people sing like the haunted version of a song. And yeah, well, I think Adam Lambert started that because he did, well, it, it's a kind of a haunting, um, no, actually n- n- I was going to say mad world and his mad world is very good, but oh, he did, um, he did Johnny, that. Johnny cash ring of fire in that exact way. Yes. I think he, he kicked that off. I fell into a ring of fire when down, 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 the flames got higher. I remember that. So I definitely watched Adam Lambert season two. I I mean, I did watch, I did watch a lot of them, but um, yeah, it's crazy. Also, I'm just like looking at the, cause I was looking up when the new season starts. We talk a lot about ratings on this show and the numbers, the amount of viewers that have watched. And I feel like a lot of the things we watch, like or what's our, what's Game of Thrones? 13 million, right? Mm-hmm. That's for the finale. Mm-hmm. You look at some of the numbers. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. Like premieres at 25 million finale is 38 million people. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely it's insane. Bananas. Everybody. And again, I miss that. I miss when we all were watching the same thing and we were all Although, talking about I'll the say same thing. Last year premiered. 7.2. Oh, I know it's rough. It's rough. I mean, there's just too many options for people out there. You're right. Too much content. It's too much content. Other people, like we're all going into our little niche territories, but like, I think we're all going to come out eventually again and, and find know, American Idol and, and find, it's still it, might here. Be, it might not and, be. American and Ryan Idol. Seacrest is still saying, this is American Idol. I mean, also you got to be on credit, a walker. If not for, if not for this, we don't have the Kardashians. Connect. Is it because of Ryan Seacrest productions? Yes. yes. 
you're saying because of American Idol, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, on that note, Kate, let me ask you, is this pilot? Yes. Is, <laughs> it is absolutely is better, better than, than the OC. Yeah. We have the iconic, well, I guess you don't have the iconic line because you don't have don't. American Idol, but like, you know, like they, they, they get, they get close enough. And it's just, it's, it's like a, it's, it's setting up a, a legendary series and it's giving it us like legendary people. Like we, Kelly Clarkson came out of this, you know, like the, the best thing to come out of the OC is Peter Gallagher's eyebrows. Like, I, I don't know if I can put them on the same level. How dare I you? I can't. You are turning on a show that you've held to such <laughs> high regard. Um, but you know what? Let it go down in history that Kate loves American Idol. Um, and I'm going to say no, only because I can recognize that this did create a legacy and launched many careers of people that we talk about regularly. It is just crazy to think like one time I was like sitting there listening to Carrie Underwood sing about some piece of shit X that she had. And I'm like, wow, if she had an audition, we wouldn't have Carrie Underwood probably. And that's crazy to think about. So I will say like the impact on the industry, not only music, but television is you can't ignore, but for me, it's OC. You know, there is a contestant in season two that was on the OC. Her name is Ashley Hartman and talk about looks the part, but doesn't sound the part. You can oh, really? look up her audition and, or one of her performances. She makes it to the semifinals and woo. Oh. It is almost as rough as O-Town singing Liquid Dreams. At oh Theater God. Show. Oh, I'm looking, I'm looking at her. I recognize her. Um, well, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode, this moment, a moment like this for Kate. We will be back next week, and we are going to be doing something a little different for us, but I'm very excited. We are going to be revisiting the pilot of Hannah Montana. David Archuleta, winner? No. Runner-up. Runner-up. That was David Cook's year. Yeah, and that was a year that uh, anybody who wasn't watching live was really, they're really angry because it ended with Ryan It went a little bit over time and Ryan said, and the winner is no. American Idol. The new American Idol is David. And then the DVR cut off. <laughs> that's, icon- that's iconic though. That is incredible. You couldn't write that. Um, he was in an episode of, but David Archuleta runner up uh, was in an episode of Hannah Montana. And, Hannah so- Mon- and uh, Miley Cyrus was a guest judge in season nine of American Idol. Well, there you go. So we have more connections than we usually do. And <laughs> I'm excited about it. I think it'll be fun. And I guess until next week, you guys, we will leave you with this. I'm just going to sing whatever God puts in my mouth. And uh, hopefully it will show you my vocal range and let you know I'm the best. Please, please. Okay. This morning I woke up and I was 